Today in the show, we're talking about why you shouldn't eat out. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast. My name's Courtney. I'm your host today, and I'm joined with Jace. Hey, guys. And Trevor. Hey, how's it going? And today we're talking about why you shouldn't eat out. So just kind of start the episode off. Do you guys, how often do you two eat out, and, and, and how important is that to you? So I don't eat out on a regular basis. I probably, I would say if I had to give it a number, I, I eat it once a month. And it's for different reasons, but I would say if I had to, you know, put a time frame on, it'd be once a month. And sometimes it might be, you know, twice in one month and not at all in the next month. I typically try not to eat out whenever I can. Obviously, there's situations where, you know, you kind of have to if you're stuck, like traveling between places or something like that. Um, but usually I'd say like maybe once a week is kind of what I try and keep it down to. You know, I like to look at and say, you know, when when I do end up eating out and it was unplanned, I like to reflect back and say, you know, why did I eat out? You know, was was it poor planning? Was it pure convenience? Was it laziness? You know, I like sometimes I like to reflect back, particularly if I'm looking at my budget and I I've overspent my eat, dining out uh, budget category, which by the way everybody should have in their budget as a dining out category. You need to track that number very scientifically. I I like to look at why and. You know, I don't know if you guys have whys you eat, you know, do you guys reflect back on why you ate out? It's funny that you mentioned that because I definitely do. And I know I'll even sometimes get angry at myself for, for not planning ahead or not thinking ahead. I like to think I, I do do that often just to kind of, so I'm not caught flat footed and I don't have to eat out. And, and, I, and I, so I do, I do look back a lot and it's funny you bring that up. You know, and I think, if you don't have the why, if you can't figure out why you're overspending your dining budget, you have no chance of fixing it, right? You you, you can't correct that behavior if you, if you don't know the underlying reason why it's happening. And I, I think a lot of it is, you just say you're planning to go somewhere and you're planning to, you know, be somewhere for one o'clock. And on your way there, you're hungry and you, you stop and grab some quick bite to eat. You know, had you planned it right, you maybe would have ate an early lunch or packed a lunch, right? So there's an example of where poor planning would would cause you to dine out unnecessarily so so would you say then the root of maybe we we, i guess there's a couple of reasons we eat out and one of the reasons so we have we have kind of convenience or poor planning i would say as one and then i would say another one and i think this is a kind of a big one maybe a lot of our listeners are up against is kind of the the social aspect of eating kind of the expected eating out due to our society kind of norms and standards? So for me, eating out as a form of socialization, that is the, in my books, that's the only time it's acceptable to dine out. If you're dining out for hunger or convenience, you're just throwing money away. But if you're dining out for a, a social gathering, a social, you know the one thing eating has is it's the one thing all humans have in common. So for instance, you might go to a sporting event with one group of friends and go to you know, a live theater with another group of friends and those two groups of friends don't appreciate that those two uh, social gatherings, you know, one, my wife, for instance, doesn't like sporting events and I have friends who don't like live theater. So I could never bring those two people, those two groups of people together to enjoy a a single sporting event or a live theater. But I know I could bring all those people together to enjoy a great meal as a social gathering because that's one thing we all need to do is eat. So just kind of just to reiterate that. So you find it okay to and acceptable to eat out w- when it when it involves being in a kind of a social gathering setting. Well, and, and I so much that I actually 
when I put that, uh, that, that spending in my personal budget, I put it under entertainment, not under food or dining out or groceries. Really? Wow. But then, so, but then there has to be a limit to that. You can't kind of, anytime anyone comes by and says, hey, Trevor, let's go grab a meal. I'm sure. How do you kind of define that limit? So, so your limit is your budget amount, right? You, you, you budget so much every month for entertainment or dining out, right? So it's, I guess the you know, the question is what's the distinction between entertainment and dining out? It's different for everybody, but I say if you're going out for dinner and a show with some friends, that's all entertainment. That is not food, groceries, or or eating out. But I guess what I'm trying to get at, and maybe I don't know, maybe just if you feel this ever too, when do you ever kind of feel? I mean, do you ever feel kind of pressure just to go out and grab a drink or grab food with someone just because kind of your friends are all going? Like, can you say no to that? At what line should you be able to say no? Well, if it's, I think if it's like every week or like every so often, then it's okay. Um, but like, I, I, I don't think like it should be like maybe two or three times a week. Like if it's like once a week and your friends want to go grab a drink at the bar and watch the hockey game or something and they want you to come with, I think that's probably okay. Like, and you can limit yourself too. like, you don't have to actually, you know, buy a full meal. You can just buy a little thing of French fries or like one or two drinks and, and then that's it. You know, it's, you're not spending that much. Maybe walking out of there spending 20 bucks and you had a great night with some friends. See, I would kind of disagree in, in, in that. I wouldn't want my dining out to be a regular thing. That's, I think, a trap a lot of people fall into. I wouldn't, my dining out experience needs to be this, you know, emails, text messages, phone calls, you know, to organize this gathering. It can't be this uh, predetermined, you know, we know every Thursday we're going to meet at this place and eat or drink or, or whatever. To me, that just is routine, and there's no reason you couldn't do that at somebody's place, you know, somebody's house, you know, meet meet and gather at, at that same thing. I, I think it, it kind of loses its specialness. And, and it, it once it becomes routine and ingrained, ingrained in your day-to-day life, I think that's when it becomes dangerous. Then you, you, you'll tack on on top of that special occasion. So before you know it, you're eating out even more. Yeah, no, and I, I I do have to agree with that because like we always say here on the, on the podcast, when we feel like maybe we've earned something or deserved something or, or it becomes routine, that's when it becomes dangerous. Yeah, the minute it becomes part of your regular day-to-day life, I, I think you're in trouble because that becomes, it actually moves in your budget from a, a discretionary expense to almost a mandatory expense, something that's it's going to happen just like utilities, groceries, Thursday night at the bar, you know, it's just one of those regular expenses that you can't move. It's it's not something you're prepared to flex if, if money becomes tight. I, I do want to kind of talk, though, more about discretionary income. Like, Trevor, do you feel or do, I guess do you allow yourself to budget more discretionary income just because, I mean, where you because just maybe because of your income level, or how much you or where you are in life, as opposed to maybe someone younger who's just maybe has less discretionary income, not saying that age defined discretionary income. But do you do you allow yourself more of that it sounds like you still eat one out once a month but how do you kind of take that into consideration so you know typically people get to a point of of financial stability or maybe even financial independence through uh frugal behavior right so they they thrift shop clothes and they they don't eat in, in restaurants a lot and it's hard to turn that off you know once you've done that for 20 or 30 years it it, it just when i when i spend a lot of money in restaurants. I don't mind doing it for a special occasion, but when I'm doing it because I'm hungry, 
it really bothers me. It, maybe that sounds cheap, but if, if, I'm, if I find myself stopping at a restaurant because I'm traveling somewhere and I'm hungry, I just know I failed. I failed to plan. I failed to be organized. And it's costing me money. Because if you show up at a restaurant and it's just like pulling up to the trough and just scarfing back some food, you, you have paid such a premium to get calories in your body that it, it, it wipes out any frugal behavior you've, you've done leading up to that point. So I have so many things to kind of say off that. So one, I guess my first thing is that, so this is all saying that you enjoy, you, I guess, do you enjoy the taste of your cooking more than eating out? Do you, or do you just kind of begrudge spending money on something that you, you don't have to? Well, you raise a good point. So eating out has got to be the most unhealthy food. And for a whole host of reasons, one is, they're trying to make their food restaurants at a, at a low cost base. They want it to uh, taste wise appeal to, uh, you know, the most broad category. They need it to have this extremely long shelf life. So it tends to have a lot of salt and oils in it. It's just unhealthy. So do I like the taste of my own food at home? Yes, I do. And I, I like it primarily because I know it's really healthy. I know exactly what's in there. Restaurant food is a, is a big mystery in, in a lot of ways. So I know we probably have a, li- a lot of listeners right now going, hey, Trevor, there are amazing kind of healthy alternatives. You have a restaurant called Fresh, which is uh, there's there's one of those in Toronto. You have, I mean, Mad Radish. If you're from uh, Ottawa, that's kind of a new um, salad bar. Essentially, that's all I have is salad. So they are coming out with uh, a lot kind of, of, of healthy al- alternatives. So you raise, so that's another good point. So sometimes you go to a restaurant and you go there to get uh, food ideas, right? They, they'll prepare prepare a dish and combine ingredients that you never thought would go together. You taste and you go, wow, this tastes great. But you tend to have to go to high quality restaurants to, to find that. You can't be going to a McDonald's or a Burger King or a Wendy's trying to find, you know, ingenious food ideas for, for yourself to cook at home. Uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, if you go to those restaurants you described, you look at the menu and you think, wow, I never thought of putting those things together. You know, that is brilliant. No, and and, and that's exactly I, I, t- that I that I find it's kind of sometimes the source of inspiration, and I, I that's a good point because I'll sometimes I'll go to those places and I'm like, how can I make this at home? And I think that's a not how can how soon can I get back here to eat this, but how soon can I make this at home? So, in a sense, it's almost that kind of yeah source of inspiration. So I, I wanted to raise this point, and I want to know your opinions on it. What how do you guys feel about all you can eat restaurants? I'm personally against it, just because it's kind of breeding a ground of overconsumption of food kind of while you're there i mean some again some people could think it's you're stretching your dollar further but when it when we're looking at our health taking that in consideration too because and and that's that's another kind of piece of this episode is that how much like the eating well costs more and i so i think when we're thinking of kind of optimal portion sizes i'm against um i'm against all you can eat uh restaurants well i think like for for me and and for Courtney, it's it's kind of difficult to talk too much about all you can eat because a lot of the all you can eat places don't have a lot of vegan options or, or options that we could eat. One thing I don't like about them is that you you can't take anything that you don't finish on your plate to go. And so, like, let's say you did take too much, and then you're completely full, you actually have to throw that out. So it seems a little bit wasteful, as well as it does like according to Court, it does kind of like breed gluttony as well. I couldn't agree with you more. The, so the the wastefulness just drives me crazy. I see people will load a bunch of stuff up on a plate, take one bite of it, they don't like it, and it, it gets thrown out. It, it, the wastefulness is just appalling. 
But people, I'm going to use the Mandarin. I don't know if you guys have ever been to the Mandarin restaurant. It is, it's, it's outrageously expensive if you're not a meat eater. Everyone goes in there with it. Like, so typically when I, eat, when I eat a meal, I eat one plate full and that, that is a meal, a meal-sized plate. I watch people fill a meal-sized plate three and four times and they're just trying to maximize their dollars. It, is just, it seems so wrong. If you're trying to get the, the, you know, the, the most pounds of food per dollar, you're not going to get it in a restaurant anywhere, even if it's an all-you-can-eat. You're going to get that, that maximization in a grocery store. So you should never be, I don't think you should ever be going to a restaurant trying to maximize your food dollars because you're, you're shopping at the wrong place. Oh, I agree with that. I kind of want to take another spin on this and kind of talk about because it's we're about the cost of our time. So, Trevor, in in Jay's too, is there ever kind of been a time when you felt that eating out was maybe more advantageous for because time is valuable when when it was justified? If you don't like cooking, that that's still not a good reason to eat out. It, it's a, it's a life skill you have to develop. It's time like just say you didn't like taking showers you still have to do it right if you want to fit into our society these are things you have to do the only thing that i would justify uh as like eating out is is getting my coffee in the mornings on my way to work just because like right now my living situation is i'm about an hour and a half from work on the bus so i'd have to get up almost at 4 30 in the morning to prepare a coffee pack a coffee and bring it with me like once it's brewed and like is ready to go or I can just kind of walk across the street grab one hop on a bus and then head to work and then by the time I get home at night usually it's pretty late as well so for me like that's the only like one thing I justify to myself until I move and like I'm 10 minute walk away from work is going out and getting coffee every morning and and that's exactly kind of the point I was getting at it's just that I mean, given the circumstances, given circumstances of weather, kind of sleep is so important. So giving Jay you're able to get a little bit more sleep and, and kind of get your coffee. And so, again, that is that is something that it, it kind of gives you a better start to your day in that sense. At the end of the day, you're still you're 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 buying the coffee out of out of convenience. You know, that that is a convenience expense still. So where does that go in your budget categories? I think in general, it'd come out of, well, I guess I'll talk about the way kind of I organize my budget. So I, every time I eat out, every time I get even an apple when I'm at work, um, I happen to work at a health food store. So that's another kind of dangerous thing. And so I count everything I buy at the health food store I work at as uh, an eating out expense. So that's coming out of any time I would have actually gone out to dinner or calling out to for for lunch or, or that that comes out of there. So because I could have packed that apple at home, I could have thought ahead, thought that maybe I need an apple as a snack today and packed it. So anytime I eat out, coffee, anything comes out of that budget. So in Jace's case, his his reason for getting coffee is it's convenience. It's it's getting to work, right? It's so is that a grocery expense or is that a commuting expense? Is that a work expense? I I personally actually just kind of set aside. 40 bucks a month for coffee and then that's all I'm allowed to use so if I even if I like got you know two coffees a day or something and if that money runs out then I'm not allowed to get any more coffee so that that would kind of be the same as if I was making it at home because like I do like uh, really nice high quality coffee and usually the bags of those coffee are pretty expensive so it would be about the same as if I was buying it making it at home it's just really the convenience right now 
as soon as I move, like I will be like 10 minute walk away from work. So I am more than willing to like make that coffee at home most of the time and maybe go out for a coffee on a weekend instead. So you're saying at home you buy such a premium coffee that it, it's going to cost you about the same to make it at home. Roughly, yeah. It's like about seventeen ninety nine for a half pound bag of like a really nice like fair trade coffee. And then if that then that's my favorite coffee to make at home. So like if I bought two of those, that would last me about a month, roughly. So you are kind of making a sacrifice in that you're you're, you're the coffee you're buying at, at the restaurant is is at a, a lower quality, but at the same price point. Exactly. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of making a compromise there. One way to manage that expense, just for our listeners, is to buy yourself, like, it's just say you go to Tim Hortons, buy a Tim's card, and, and if you want to, you know, make sure you don't exceed your, your monthly budgeted amount for uh, buying coffees, every month go buy a Tim's card with that dollar amount on it, and once that card's empty, you have to wait till the beginning of the next month before you can buy coffee again. That's very smart, actually. I, I like that a lot. I do want to kind of go back to Jace's kind of coffee allotment per month. And I think to that point, I mean, some, some of our listeners may be like spending $40 in coffee a month. That's, 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 that's out of this, out of this world. But I mean, I think it's about setting priorities and, and, and making sure that you, you have a little bit of something, but not a lot of everything. So kind of where your priorities at and for Jace having high quality, fair trade, organic coffee is important. Well, for me too, like I don't actually eat out a lot so for me that's kind of like my my one vice let's say like I don't spend my money usually on a lot of other things for myself like I'll get a plaid here and there from a thrift store and I'll buy my coffee and that's kind of like the only two things that I really allot to myself as like entertainment or enjoyment if you wanted to take it out of like a budget context so those two things are kind of the things that like I prioritize. So I'm a little bit more willing to spend that money on those things because I really do enjoy them heavily. Whereas, you know, if it was just eating out every day, then it's, it's not as justifiable to me as, you know, drinking a nice, good quality coffee or, um, getting the convenience of not having to wake up at four thirty and getting up at, you know, maybe five instead, <laughs> getting that little bit of extra sleep that will make me feel better and have a better day. You know, um, also too, like I want to talk about like when, when you do like prepare coffee at home and stuff like that, you, if you're a coffee snob as myself, you kind of need a lot of more pricey equipment to, to make that coffee taste good. Like a Bodum costs 40 or $50. You also need a coffee traveler, which probably will cost you about the same. So it's a little bit more of an investment to get into saving money in the long run when when you're making coffee at home um, that you would have to put out front to kind of get that going. You raise a good point. I mean, I think you can transition that into all sorts of cooking at homes. You know, there's there's an investment up front to, to do it properly. My, my wife bought a, uh, a, a high-speed blender. It's called the Vitamix. It's outrageously expensive, but it does a remarkable things that that I don't think... there's. She makes things with that that you couldn't make otherwise. So uh, you might eat something in a restaurant and you can't replicate it at home because you don't have the right equipment. So you raise a good point. There is some upfront investment. Some some things you eat in a restaurant, you could not recreate at home without the right equipment. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, the Vitamix is the Cadillac of, uh, of a blender. So, no, I, I completely agree with that. Can you recall sometime you were in a restaurant and you ordered something or you, you were with a group of people, you ordered something, and the bill comes and you were just, like, floored with how much it was? Like, can, it, it, do you have a story you can share where... 
you kind of went in and you just ordered stuff and you weren't really paying attention to prices and the bill came and you were just like, oh my God, what is this all about? I think the only time that's ever happened to me is when I was at Mongolian Village and this was way before I was vegan and I just kind of like loaded up my plate with all different kinds of meat and I got to the end and it ended up being like almost $45 for like a medium-sized plate of like meat serious? and a few vegetables, and then recently I, I went with with Courtney with uh, a few of her friends again this past year, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna spend so much money here today, and like I don't want to spend that much, and so and we go in, and I load it up with just like nice veggies and stuff like that, and I go and I pay for it at the end, and it's like nine dollars, so it's huge difference, right? Yeah. And and Mongolian Village, just if, if just to kind of uh, if any of your listeners are aware of it, it's just kind of a uh, it's a it's a stir fry restaurant, but it's kind of a pay by weight stir fry restaurant. So you can kind of build your own stir fry yourself, and then kind of they weigh it and you pay for it. So so for me, uh, one one thing that sticks in my mind is I remember this is way back when my kids were younger. So there's me, my wife, and three kids, and we're we were in Niagara Falls, uh, just as you know, doing the tourist thing. And we went to a Dairy Queen and I ordered five blizzards and, um, I, it was 25 bucks, which what? I don't, I don't, I don't know what they cost right now, but I was just blown away with how much it costs. And, and so that was one time I was just like, I was speechless. And then I, I think I looked like I had no money to pay another time. I remember the first time I was in a restaurant with just me and my wife and the bill came in, it was over 50 bucks. Now that doesn't sound like much, but I'm talking like, you know, 25 years ago, the first time the bill broke $50, I go, oh, I can't believe 50 bucks for, for food. So that, that was actually, I remember going out with my family the first time the restaurant bill, just, just a regular random roadhouse restaurant and the bill broke a hundred dollars. So those are a couple of milestones that, that I recall. And may our listeners probably like those, those plateaus kind of stick in your mind when you been in a restaurant and you dropped a hundred bucks. Just, and it was no, not a special occasion, not an extra fancy restaurant, and it, it cost that much. Now, if you add drinks onto these bills, I mean, th- this is a no alcoholic beverage bills I'm talking. Um, I'll add one where it's just, and I'm sure this happens to a lot of our listeners too. You go to a restaurant, you kind of, you add on one low cost appetizer and you're like oh i don't know another because I, this is one restaurant i love here in ottawa it's called pure kitchen if you've ever been and they have the most amazing amazing food um but i remember one time i got two appetizers because they're both about like 5.99 and again like i kind of ordered one and then the then they came back i'm like oh like i, I really want this another one too because they're both kind of small and so it's like oh, i'll get another one and then i ended up getting a juice i think like one of their fresh pressed juices and before i know it i mean i i the prices were there but and the food was obviously very worth it but it's just that kind of time when i saw the bill after i'm like oh wow like that added up fast I just want to go back to my story about the Niagara Falls and the blizzards. I so we ate we because it really this I just it stuck. Yeah, no, so we grabbed our blizzard and we were walking down to the park and we got down to the park and there was a family of I'm going to say it was quite a large family maybe of you know there was six or seven in the family counting the parents and uh, we sat down sort of on a, a bench not quite across from them but we you know we sort of acknowledged each other there. And they pulled out a loaf of bread which and a jar of peanut butter, like a really small jar of peanut butter and a loaf of bread and some plastic uh, knives. And I can tell they just came from a grocery store because it was in a grocery store bag. And they sat at the table. They, they spread out some paper towels and they just ate peanut butter sandwiches. 
And so that kind of made me feel even worse about the blizzards in the 25 bucks because this family probably spent all of, I don't know, five bucks and, and the, they're, they're feeding a family of six or seven people. And I, I'm, and it's new, it's somewhat nutritious and I'm eating blizzards, which isn't even ice cream. I don't know what it is. It's <laughs> whenever it's, I think it's some sort of oil based frozen dessert. I think they call it. And, and I'm feeding my kids poison <laughs> for 25 bucks. I felt I, I it made me feel just, uh, I was ashamed. <laughs> And I guess I guess moments like that really put it into perspective. And from that, Trevor, did you? I mean, I, I'm I'm just listening to your story of paying over a hundred dollars for a meal. Like, I guess I, it's obviously never happened um, for 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 me because I don't have a family. But what? Like, I mean, that's a shock. And and from that experience, what what kind of measures did you take moving forward with your family to kind of lower eating out costs? Was there anything you kind of did when you went on road trips or? For supper that night, we went to a grocery store and ate in the hotel. So just, you know, I got a bit of was an education there. On, on, no, it wasn't. It, we, we, we stepped it a bit from that, but that was their lunch. I don't know. I thought it was brilliant. But I, I just, the markup on food is outrageous. It, it really is. And you if you're eating... So it turns out we were having a treat in a park and it was kind of a different scenario. We, we had already ate lunch. Turns out we ate in a restaurant, but, um, and that was our dessert. So we actually, who knows how much I spent that day on food. <laughs> it was outrageous. But um, I, I think when you're eating for hunger, the markup on food is like, it, it's just so wrong. I, I, I can't stress that enough. You're, you're eating. In fact, you know, I said you should have a dining out category in your budget. You shouldn't. It should all be always be entertainment. You should never budget dining out. Now that I think about it, because the only reason you should eat out is for pure entertainment. So I kind of want to jump into an article now. It is from Daily Health Post. It is called "Eating at Home versus Eating Out: Four Compelling Reasons to Cook Your Meals at Home." So I want to go through the four reasons, uh, really solid reasons, but I'd love to talk about them with you guys. So number one, and this one we kind of touched on, but healthier choices at home. I talked about how unhealthy restaurant food is and that that, that uh, Dairy Queen frozen oil dessert or whatever they call it, that, that, that's a prime example. I mean, that's just a mm. heart attack in a cup, right? So eating at home, you, you tend to be able to read labels, know what's in it. You can, you know, manage portion size. You know, you don't feel the need to eat everything on your plate maybe and just, just to... Like Jace's point, you can put it in the fridge and eat it the next day. So the health aspect of eating at home, off the charts, I mean, there's there's no contest. It's just not as convenient. I kind of want to play the devil's advocate here, though. It it really depends on what you're eating at home. Because a lot of the time, like when people hear like, oh, it's cheaper to eat at home, we're not going to be talking about like pre-made delicio pizzas that you toss in the oven that cost $4 or pizza pockets where you get like a big box of 18 of them and it lasts you and your family for a while like you really have to be very specific with with what you're eating at home and what you're picking like you're going to be wanting to to get you know a big bag of rice or big bag of grains and and kind of make that last over a long period of time because that's going to be the healthier option overall than just going and buying a lot of cheap food from like a walmart or a grocery store so you, you can kind of do it two ways like if you're wanting to eat healthier and eat in, then you want to kind of buy a little bit maybe more in bulk. Whereas if you're wanting to just kind of save money and eat in, you can still eat very unhealthy. 
you know, you make a good point. If you buy the convenience foods in a grocery store, those delicio pizzas, they're not that cheap. So you can spend, you know, just as much uh, or, or almost as much as you buy pizza from a, from a Domino's or a Pizza Pizza, you won't even have the restaurant experience to go with it. So it, it, that is a good point is you, you can blow your brains out in a grocery store and, and buy unhealthy, very expensive food if you don't shop in the right aisles. And, and, and to Jace's point on that, I mean, it takes, it takes time and effort and, and kind of this desire and motivation to eat healthy at home. It's definitely after a long day at work, it's definitely easy to, to, you know, eat something that's, that's a little less healthy and and maybe just easier for you to feed it to your kids as well. So I think, I think it definitely, it takes more effort again, like we always say, saving money and, and, and really kind of being conscious of our choices is sometimes is sometimes not always convenient. It's never convenient. Saving money is never convenient. That is, that is just a fact. Cannot stress that enough. So number two here is cost advantages. It's budget friendly. So again, this kind of leads right back into the reason our podcast exists. Um, and, wh- and why we're making this episode is that it's just, it's, it's, it's more cost effective again, when done right. Here's a trick I do in a restaurant, particularly if it's a sit down restaurant with a menu and you're just sitting at your table and um, say you're ordering a burger and it's fourteen ninety nine burger and fries. I like to sit there and sort of mathematically figure out how many burgers I could make at home or, you know, buy the ingredients for, for this one burger I'm going to get. I, I just do this mental math, you know, and a lot of times I'll come up with, I, I could almost get a week's worth of this, you know, one, you know, say it's, it's a burger and fries. I could buy potatoes veggie burgers and buns and all the garnishes to make a week's worth of these, you know, so five burgers I could, I could make for what I'm paying for this one in this restaurant. Sometimes it helps me understand just how much I'm spending when I'm sitting in that restaurant. I, I like that a lot. And actually it leads to me having a question for, for you and Courtney. What's your guys's opinion on when you're buying stuff to, to cook at home, buying like fresh vegetables versus buying like frozen or canned vegetables what what do you think is one more cost efficient and two more healthy so i think without question that the fresh vegetables are are more healthy but again not convenient so we go grocery shopping uh two maybe three times a week because we're we i don't want to buy a whole bunch of fresh vegetables only to have them go bad so i like to stop at the grocery store you know a couple two or three times a week to replenish my fresh produce so it and I find the canned stuff tends to have a lot of salt in it, so I stay away from that. And the frozen, it, it it's, like I'll say, you know, tomatoes and, and lettuce, those kind of things just don't, they're not the same frozen, right? Obviously, you can't freeze lettuce, but there's just things that don't freeze and thaw well, so you, you have to consume them differently. So I, I don't know you could, you know, if one actually is a substitute for the other, at least in my world, being a, a vegan, I... I, I I tend to rely on fresh produce a lot. So, so when it comes down to though, like the cost of them, like if you're if you're stopping at a grocery store three times a week comparatively to one time a week, you're going to be spending more in gas and time and effort, as well as you're going to be spending a little bit more on the fresh vegetables than you would on like frozen. Canned is obviously not as good for you. Like, I think that's just a, a general consensus, but. Um, Frozen's actually not that bad for you because what they do is they they flash freeze it when it's at its ripest point. There's no added preservatives. There's no nothing else. 
Um, obviously, yeah, like lettuce and tomatoes and stuff like that won't ever taste good frozen. But I think like if someone's really, really wanting to kind of save some money and, and they're not having a great time with, with their budget or they really need to be a bit more frugal than usual, I think frozen veggies, in my opinion, are a really good option comparatively to eating fresh if they don't have the money to eat it fresh. So I would agree. And there's some things I buy uh, both ways. So for instance, uh, strawberries. So I buy frozen strawberries and I make my own jam with it. And I buy fresh strawberries because I like to eat them just as a, as a hand fruit. So I, there's an example where I buy both for two different reasons. But I agree, they both have the same nutritional value. I, I don't tend to look... So, so me being a vegan, I think I'm... I'm saving money, so I think meat is fairly expensive to buy. And by me not me being a meat eater and not buying meat, I think I my grocery bill is dramatically less than than a lot of people. Um, so so I think I'm saving money anyway. So I don't mind paying a premium for fresh produce even in the winter. That's very true. Yeah, meat, meat, dairy, and cheese are are where a lot of the the financial stressors come from when you're doing groceries. Court, what's your uh, what's your opinion on on fresh or frozen or canned i want to take another consideration in into consideration is trevor you have access to a vehicle uh to walk and and take the bus given uh we do not have access to a car so i think that's kind of another consideration as well um when you're when you're thinking about trips to trips to the grocery store so i know and it depends on the season as well. I know like spinach and, and, and greens, leafy greens is a, is a must, uh, must eat for me. So I will, I will kind of think about how much can I carry home with me? Um, and, and, and how much, how much am I actually going to use? Because I, I, I just, it makes me sad when produce goes bad as well. So, I mean, it's kind of this nice, even balance between making sure I still feel like I'm eating a lot of nutritious meals, but then, and then being okay with with kind of buying frozen where necessary. So you you raise the point of it, it's it's inconvenient sometimes to you know to go to the grocery store on a more frequent basis. But I'll go back to my thing. It's never going to be convenient to save money. Going with the this kind of subject that I've started on. Um, what would your opinion be on on like going to the farmers market, Trevor, and like. Uh, getting fruits and vegetables and then attempting to like can them yourself or freeze them yourself for like later in the season especially in the winter when a lot of like fresher vegetables aren't available is that something that you would say is is cost effective or is that something that would be a good idea so for start with farmer i love farmer market farmers markets because i'm supporting local business so i'm a big fan of those i think doing your own preserving of food for, for the winter months, I think is a great idea. I think there's a lot of money to be saved and a lot of uh, high quality food that you're going to be consuming over the, the course of the off season. It, it requires effort. I don't do it, but I think it is a really good idea. Would you, would you think it's uh, like more cost effective long-term though, or is it? I, I don't, th- I don't think it's more cost effective. I just think you end up with higher quality food. I think okay. by the time you invest in the you know the can the canning equipment, and the and you're going to invest a lot of time into to doing it. I, I don't know that you save any money, but I do think you end up with a higher quality product. So let's move on to number three within this article of four compelling reasons to cook your own meals. And number three here is and a point that I really like is celebrate friends and family over with home cooked food. So this point right here. Um, 
my parents actually came down to to because I, I don't live in the same location as my parents but they came down to to visit and ended up cooking them a nice uh home-cooked meal and it was re- it was really really lovely and it we were able to kind of achieve the same the same kind of atmosphere and and same kind of conversation that we could have at a restaurant even even more because we ended up sitting on the dinner table for for maybe four hours three to four hours talking when at a restaurant if it's busy you might feel compelled to have to 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 leave after your meal's over just because other people are waiting for your table so it created this really great kind of environment where we're sharing in all this food and i i just i think it really brings people together in ways that maybe aren't always possible to that extent at a restaurant so here's the downside to that is one of the i agree with you it, it it's cost effective and it, it's a good social setting but there tends to be one or two people that are, you know, stuck in the kitchen, slaving away well, uh, you know, that uh, there's a social gathering some, happening somewhere else in the house. So it, and it, it, it tends to put stress, you know, people are trying to time all these dishes to, to be done at the same time. So there is an element of stress uh, of, of hosting something like that. I think what would really be good, it's, so a lot of people, a solution to that is a potluck. Right, so everyone brings a dish, and so some, one person not burdened with making the whole meal, and that's probably that the compromise is, is having a, a potluck in where, where everyone has sort of takes on the burden of, of preparing food. It, it depends, though, though, too, Trevor. Like uh, I myself personally, I really, really do enjoy cooking, and I especially love cooking for other people. So, if if you're the type of person that enjoys cooking for other people, then I definitely think you should be the one to kind of host the event and have the people over because it's not something that you mind doing and something that you really enjoy doing as well as to like it is it is very cost effective for for everybody almost to kind of have that meal at home because I mean after cook there is still lots and lots of leftovers of using for lunches throughout the week so it's not going to be something that I agree there's more upside to this than downside and some some people I know my mother she just loves cooking and and she will come up with any excuse to ha- have a, a dinner party and a group of people <laughs> over to, to make a meal. I, I'm not, I, I don't enjoy the time in the kitchen. And uh, some people feel really self-conscious about their cooking. You know, they, they feel like maybe they're being judged or, or you know, people aren't going to like what they made and, and the, the person will take that personally. It depends on the person. So uh, you clearly enjoy cooking and you're pretty confident about the, the food you make. So that works for you. But I, I know people who... For instance, if I had to make a meal for people, I would feel, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable in the kitchen and I would feel really self-conscious that, you know, I hope these people like what I made and I hope it all, it all turns out. So for me, it would create a lot of stress, but, but still from a cost standpoint, it is the solution without question. So the fourth point and final point here is know what you're eating. And again, this is, this is what we kind of talked about at the beginning. You know exactly what you're putting into your body because you made it. Yeah, so we talked about the health point of restaurant food, and it it is, uh, generally speaking, even if you go to a healthy restaurant, they need to preserve this food. You know, they're they're trying to, they need to meet certain guidelines. So I think even in a health healthy chosen healthily chosen restaurant, there's still going to be more salt and more oils in that food than than what I would typically make at home. And you know, the risk is that starts to become the new normal. That that starts to be uh, what your taste buds desire. So the more often you eat out, the more restaurant food becomes normal. And then it, as, as a result, unhealthy becomes normal. That's the risk. 
so and as, actually one point one last point i want to bring up this i i don't know about you guys but i i remember going to one restaurant and this was when i was in kind of i make the i like to make the same things over and over again so this is when i was in a groove of making like these crazy quinoa salads because it's the summertime and they're like my go-to summer summertime making food for work and i remember then i went out to dinner with them um, with my family and we got, we had, we had, quinoa, there was, I ordered a quinoa salad because I was like, yes, like definitely like bring on the quinoa salad. And it wasn't as amazing as my quinoa salad just because I, I had, was so used to kind of the taste and the texture of the quinoa salads I made. So I think, I think maybe that's the goal. Like I just try to make food that you like more than, than anywhere else. But you know, if you go out eating often enough, that restaurant food starts to become the norm, the normal. And, and that's what you tend to start craving. So the more often, I agree with you, a lot of times the food I eat at home, I prefer the taste of. But if you eat out more than you eat at home, that becomes what you crave. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Um, so that brings us to the end of this article on four compelling reasons to cook your own meals. So, I mean, I, I think it's kind of safe to say that not only are you saving money all the time, most of the time, if you, if you do it in a very smart, strategic way, but you're also kind of getting this high quality I think sustainable, I'm going to use a sustainable way of living as well. So Trevor and Jace, before we end the show today, do you, either of you have any kind of final thoughts or takeaways to, to leave our listeners with? If you're in any, if you, if you carry any financial debt, any consumer debt of any kind, you should never be eating in a restaurant. You know, that you, you're in the state of a financial emergency and if there's a place to save money or cut costs, it would be in dining out. Couldn't have said better ourselves. And that brings us end of today's show on eating at home versus eating out. Thank you so much for being here with us today. If you have any kind of thoughts about today's topic or, or what we talked about or anything you'd like to disagree with, send us a, send us a contact submission form at livelifesimple.ca or send us an email at livelifesimple365 at gmail.com and we'll bring it up on an upcoming show. Thank you again for being with us here today and we will see you right back here next week with a new episode. Until then, keep it simple.